0: Good morning. I'm glad to see everybody made it to church on Sunday. All right. I know that all of you are ready to go. You've been worshiping and we've been talking faith. If you didn't realize you were singing faith, even when I don't see it, even when I don't feel it, I still know that God is working on my behalf you know it's good to know that God is not someone we can just fall back on but he is the way maker we follow him we do not do our own thing and then fall back God help me out on that because I messed up Now, now he does provide mercy and grace for us but so much more if we just follow his way this morning, before we begin again, I want to just uh, begin with prayer, and uh, there's some people, some dear people of our church and our church family, and you know, when when you go through things in your life, it, it's just life, um, you get sick, someone passes away in your family, and, and maybe you have a, a tough time in your life, maybe you go through a, a time of unemployment, you know, Gwen and I... We, we've talked about this many times because there's so many people moving into our area and, and they don't have family. And when they go through things, tough times, we usually, you know, just kind of go, oh, man, how do you go through those times in your life without a family, a church family to, to support you and encourage you and, and kind of help you through those tough times? Uh, and, and sometimes when you, when you do have a church family, it, it's important to let us know. Because realize that even though I I believe uh, that God can reveal uh, things to us, it is always better for you to say, you know what? Could you pray with me about this? Or could you help me in this situation? Because we really do want to do that. And our church has been very generous um, over the last, you know, for years. But just over the last year and the year before with, you know, 2020 being 2020, And, and how much benevolence and just helping people that we've done as a church. And, and I know that that's rewarding to you to know that um, some of you know exactly what you've given to help other families out. And that's been, we do not make it public. You know, we gave a million dollars. We're not going to say that. You know, not, not that we're not going to tell you figures, but the thing is that we're not going to tell you who needed it at the time. So again, feel like you're part of a church family today. I know that uh, Marianne and Jim are at home. They're, they're dealing with health issues. We're going to pray for the Melton Bargers. Um, also, Doug and Dana have gone through a loss in their family with their son-in-law passing away this last uh, week. We're going to pray for them. And if you have a need in your life, this is what we call corporate prayer, where all of us agree in prayer at one time for the needs of the church. Some of you have gone through uh, health issues in your life, and we're going to pray for you, but also you know somebody right now that is suffering in body. Maybe it's uh, a place in your finances, maybe it's in a relationship that you're having with somebody at work, or maybe even a family member. You know what? Realize that it seems so big, but when you take your problem and compare it to God, hopefully that problem shrinks in comparison to how big your God is. So this morning, we don't need to know right now all the details, but if you have a need in your life, would you just raise your hand as we go to God? Father, today you know each one of us, the very, very, detail of everything about us and God you know the need that we're raising our hand right now to represent God we're asking you to be God in that situation God where there's healing that is needed also in John and Sherry God that are not here because they're they're dealing with loss father I pray for them God I pray for those that have gone through a tough time in their their life in their marriage in their family God in relationships God, I'm praying for financial increase in people's lives that have suffered loss in the last couple of years. That, Father, that that would be turned around. And, God, we speak that by faith. Even when we do not see it, even when we do not feel it, God, we're going to trust that you are at work in our life. Amen. And, Father, as we start this service today, Father, I just pray that you would... Open up our ears and hear exactly what you want us to hear. God, even the voice behind the voice, that you would tailor this message to each one of us. In your wonderful name we pray, amen. Amen. Again, I've looked forward to today ever since I said you're dismissed last week. We're in something that, you know, as I've said, whatever gets your attention, gets your focus, and your focus determines your direction. It's very important. That's one of the points of this series, and what's amazing about this sermon series is that point right there is is working in my life, because I'm preaching this message, you know, the series, uh, The Laws of the Highway. Uh, and we've been talking about whatever gets your attention, determines your direction. Well, it just so happens that I'm preaching something that has got my attention. And, and when I apply it to the pastor's life, me, and I, I begin to work those things out, I hey, it's so revealing. And, and I hope that you understand that the road that we choose is the road that will lead us to where we will end up. You get on the highway and let's just say I-35 because we know that it goes south and then it goes all the way north. It goes to Canada, I believe, and all the way to Mexico around Laredo. So if you just get on the right highway and head north, you're going to get to Canada. You're going to go through Oklahoma and Kansas and so forth. If you go south, you're going to stay in Texas the whole time. You're not from Texas and you think, I'm just going to go across the state. You go, my goodness, it's as far as if I traveled almost across the country. But you know as well as me that if whatever gets your attention determines your direction, as we've talked about in the last week, if you get on I-35 and you say, I can't wait to get to San Antonio, but you're facing north and you go through Oklahoma and you go, you know, kids. When will we get there? Are we there yet? We're almost you're not almost there. You're going in the wrong direction. And no matter how hard you think that you're going to, you know, mental capacity, I'm gonna think I'm in San you're not going to San Antonio. And just as highways that lead to predictable destination are true, we know that geographically, it's the same thing that happens in our life when it comes to our our relationships. Because our relationships are not just a, a time or there's not just an event. We're on a path that's going to lead us. Either that relationship is getting weaker or it's getting stronger. You, you know what's amazing is I've got so many friends on Facebook. And I get tons of offers, you know, to be friends. And, and some people I don't even know. Have you ever got those? But the, the relationships, you know what? I To be honest with you, some of you are closer to me than even some of my family. Not not my intermediate family, because I see them all the time and I invest in them, but distant family members that I haven't talked to. It's just because I've put time into the investment of our relationship here at the church in that relationship that the path that I've taken in those relationships are leading me somewhere. Now, this morning, as we go on, you know, I I said this, that sometimes it's the smallest step in the right direction is the biggest step in your life. Just the smallest step in the right direction. In other words, saying, you know what? I'm on the wrong highway. Just taking that first step in the right direction can change your life. Last week we talked about, or two weeks ago, we talked about what gets your attention, determines your direction. And last week we talked about part one of this this, this fact here, and it's a direction, not good intentions, determines your destination. And we're going to talk about that more today. But last week, we, I want to give you the passage of scripture just to kind of bring it back and put us all on the same page. In Proverbs chapter 22, verse 3, it says this A prudent man sees danger and takes refuge. We talked about a prudent man, somebody that's wise and can make decisions to avoid trouble. Listen to it. A prudent man sees danger and takes refuge. But the simple keep going and suffer for it. You know what hurts about that passage of Scripture? Is at times we've all played the simple. We played the ignorant. In a, in a slang word that kind of hurts even more, we've all played the stupid. And all of us say, you know what, I got on a road that I never intended to go on, that I didn't want to go to that destination, but even though I saw danger, I decided not to take refuge and change my course. I, I decided, you know what, I, I'm just going to go on. So this morning, I want I want to take it another step further and And as I begin to think about this, when does it happen that we're on the right track and we're going to the right destination, the destination that God has for us, the purpose that He has in our life? Because we know that the Word of God changes our life and puts us on the right road. So there's a way that seems right unto man that leads to death. But God, if we acknowledge Him in all of our ways, He'll make our pastoring. And years ago, we kind of touched on this, but I want you to see this this morning. That it's in the journey in life that we begin to desire a need to be happy. We talked about weeks ago, our belief system and what we believe in our life is based on... uh, our experiences, you know, we should, and we know that we need to base everything on the Word of God because even though it seems right to us, we know, "Uh uh-oh, that's not right. That's not the truth. The Word of God is truth for our lives. We're Christians, we're believers, and we're followers of Jesus Christ, so that is our foundation. But we tend to kind of skew our belief system, and out of that belief system, we make choices. And out of those choices, it puts us in experiences. And those experience man, it just frustrates me to know in sometimes that what I thought that I believed, I put myself in an experience. And I say, "God, uh, I don't know how I ended up on this road because I knew this wasn't the path for me. Sometimes when you get to this place in your life, you have got to determine in your life that it's humbling to repent. And repenting isn't just saying I'm sorry, but it's actually turning from the direction and going a different direction than what you're going in. There's something about a state of happiness. And we talked about this weeks ago where people all desire to be happy and that's why addictions happen because when they find a predictable path that will lead them to, you know what I mean, happy? Whatever it might be, a feeling Or it might be a place where they've made a choice because of their belief system. If I do this, I'll be happy. This morning, if I titled the message, I would title it this. That we, in life, get to the fork in the road. Either Happyville or Joy City. Now, let me tell you the difference. Because the way of God is joyful. It's based on the word of God. And as long as we stay the course on God's highway, going in the right direction, sometimes there's a sense of delayed gratification where we want it now. I mean, I want it now. Anybody been there before beside me? But if we stay the course, we know the outcome to the way of God leads us to joy. And the joy of the Lord is our strength. But there's something about Happyville, and it's the distraction. It's the exit off the highway. And have you ever noticed how many billboards there are on the side of the road? Do you know how many businesses on the side of the road that are flashing? Get off the highway. Get off the highway. Come over here. There's a sense of, I want to be happy. Now, now this morning, I want to put something in your mind, and I'm not going to show you a video, but I wanted to give you something to mentally... No, the difference between joy, because there's a sense of when you get to the place that you're joyful, it's not a matter of circumstances that happen. You know what I mean? You get an inheritance from an uncle that you never met before. Woo! Circumstances happened. Joy is just doing the right thing over and over and over and in receiving the fruit of that. But there's something about happy when we seek for happiness, and some of you know your trigger, right? We'll, well, weeks to come, we're going to be talking about practical things to to create habits in our life to put us and keep us on the right path. And, and I don't know if I've ever heard this in a church before, but I encourage you to stay and, and to just listen and, and just build your belief system. Maybe different than anybody's ever taught you before. But staying on the path isn't easy when we live in a community in a world that tries to get us off the right highway. This morning, I want to give you an illustration. And this morning, if I kind of picked a verse, and here's Paul, and he's going through life. and I mean, the guy has had circumstances that would take him away from being happy. I mean, you can go to Romans chapter 7. He says, the things I want to do, I just don't do. And the things that I do want to do, I don't do those. And and he goes back and forth and he goes, who's going to rescue? Jesus is going to rescue me from that. And he says, I'm going to stay the course. And then he gets to the place that he says, I'm confident in this. If you look at Philippians chapter uh, 1 verse 6, he says this, I'm being confident of this, that he who began a good work in me, will carry it out to the completion until the day of Jesus Christ. As long as I stay on the right highway and not get distracted by all these things that are going, you'll be happy over here. As long as I don't get distracted. If I don't get off the right road going in the right direction, I know that the good work that God started in me, He'll bring it to completion. Here's a song that I want you to listen to just for a few seconds, so don't get too... Uneasy, watch this or listen to this. I'm not singing it, guys. You got to play it. Anybody ever heard this song? kind of had this going a different way. Could you turn it up instead of, can you make it clear? Sounds like it's on a walkie-talkie. All right. All right, good. The song is Happy by Reverend Farrell Williams. I don't think he's a reverend, but all of a sudden everybody goes, okay, okay. There's something about staying on the right highway, going in the right direction, that will put a smile on your face as a believer, and other people go, you know what, I, I never, I really, I really have never seen you somebody's smiling, they're happy, even though you don't have all the things that are people, all the trappings of things of people that are in the world. They, they look at you and they go, well, what's, what's going on in your life? There's something about being happy, knowing that the will of God is working in your life, even when you don't see it, even when you don't feel it. Now, now this morning, I want you to go to the Opposite. And as I said before, just like a couple weeks ago, here's Samson and his purpose is to lead Israel. But he finds the distractions of all the ladies, all the distractions of Delilah, until finally he loses his purpose and he's in a depressed state. We call, what? Sad, 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 and lonely, depressed. You know, Solomon wisest guy in the world that we'll talk about more next week he says this after having everything, all the distractions all the things in his life it says that he, he had all the silver and gold, he built up all his armies he did everything he, had every, he said I didn't do anything I didn't deny my eyes anything that I saw but then he comes to this passage in Ecclesiastics chapter 2 verse 17 he says this, ready? I hate life. How many people think that he's in a bad spot? He goes on to say, as far as I can see, what happens on earth is a bad business. It's smoke and spitting into the wind. Now this morning, I'm not against somebody to be unhappy, but I'm talking about people that get off track. One of the most popular singers of the past that have come in and some of you know the Dean Martins and the Frank Sinatras and Tony Bennett's but this is a young kid that just came on the scene as a young man and it, you know his name is Justin beaver Bieber not beaver Bieber is that right? Bieber? Okay you can tell I, I know all about him now now, if I've heard right his parents or his mother would let him listen to Judah Smith, a pastor, a younger pastor, and he preached while he was growing up, and he would listen to this guy as he's as he's going to bed, Justin Bieber. He grows up and becomes a phenom. I mean, making millions of dollars, packing out concerts, you know, all of the trappings of the world. The girls, ah, you know, pulling their hair out. Kind of kind Bieber fever? Okay. <laughs> Kind of like the Elvis pelvis, or whatever it was, you know? And all the distractions to the point where he sings a song. Listen, we're we're talking about modern times here. Listen listen to the gut-wrenching song that is, I've even heard it on commercials. Listen to this. Okay. Now I ask him to cut out that word. I apologize. The, the, the song goes on to sing, say, I've had it all, but nobody cared. And I didn't have anybody to call. Do you know that later he'll go on to meet this pastor, Judas Smith, and his life has changed? Do you know that this guy that's singing lonely will now go to concerts and he'll sing godly songs? Not, not to the point of thinking, oh, oh, think of all the influence that this guy has. Can you imagine? Elvis Presley would sing hymns. Do you remember that? But Justin Bieber will get up in front of a loaded concert of young people and sing how God had changed his life. Now he'll sing songs. And what's kind of uh, ironic is that that pastor, Judah Smith, will actually be in the middle of his songs. And I wish we had time to play some of them, but, but he'll, the pastor will come in and say, you know, something like, and he's kind of got a lower voice, and he'll say, you know, how Jesus, why, why is he different? Hasn't there been millions of people that have lived, and he'll just preach right in the middle of his song? This morning, what I'm trying to say is there's so many people that are out there looking for something that's filling the void in their life. They're on, not, not a truth quest, but if we're not careful, all of us find ourselves on a happy quest. See, we wanna be, so, we wanna feel something, we wanna see it happening, and we get tempted to get off the right road. Our quest becomes to be happy, and our happiness trumps the quest of what is true that's in our life. See, if you've been a part of our church for very long, we even got kind of a banner over here to remind us. That words are really things. And sometimes we've been taught as children that, you know, sticks and stones will break my bones, but names and words will never hurt me. But let me, let me tell you, that's not true. We've all been affected in our identity about words and what people have talked to us about and what they've spoken over our life. But the Word of God does something that those words don't do in the fact that they change our life for the better. See, words change our thinking, and when our thinking changes, it changes our emotions. So we're not emotionally driven anymore. I want to be happy, I want to be happy if I just had this. If I just lived there, if I was just married to her. We call it destination disease because we just want to be somewhere else on a different road. It changes our emotions. The Word of God, when it changes our thinking, it changes our emotions. It changes our choices. We begin to make the right choices. Then it changes our habits. And all of a sudden, we have put habits in our life to stay on the right road. When our habits change, it changes our character, and then our character, our destiny. And somebody here today goes, Pastor, I just don't like where I'm heading. Then ask yourself, what are you thinking? What are the words that are coming into your mind that is causing you in a direction that you don't want to go so, so let's talk about it when you're on a happiness quest you begin to do things that you you know you are trying to find again that state it could be an addiction we know that there's you know I don't know probably one of the most popular is a drug addict because if you take this drug they say that it'll make you feel this way and bring you to happiness euphoria. It's the same thing with alcohol. If you drink this amount of much, and some can drink this, some can drink that. For me, I don't drink because I don't know the line. But the truth is that if you drink this and you drink that, you get to that point, then all of a sudden you feel happy. I just, you know, personally think over my lifetime how much money I've saved by not putting in... That's another story, another time. But anyway, the, the thought of you know here, here's one that we don't really look down upon, but shopping, huh? Come on, I mean, like Pastor, let's get back on the drugs and the alcohol. I don't have that problem. It's really when you when you're in in a place of wanting to be happy you're searching for happy and really when you're looking for you know another shirt another dress for ladies another pair of shoes the accessories Come on we're not talking about really not having any clothes in our closet Has anybody ever bought a cell phone, even though you were under a contract with another provider, or you had a cell phone that you already had, and it was working, but the latest cell phone came out, and you thought, oh, I'd be really happy if I had three cameras on the back of my phone instead of one. <laughs> now, I know I'm going to have to eat that contract to about $300, but you know, daddy needs another phone. Sometimes it overlaps because sometimes, you know, somebody that is addicted to exercising, that, that's good for you. I'm not talking about that. When likes to exercise. That makes her happy. That makes me happy. Mommy happy, everybody happy. <laughs> Let me tell you, though, when happiness points in the direction of wisdom and truth and integrity and common sense. that's good, but when it points in another direction, we've got to ask ourselves, are we on the happy quest? Because that's why smart people sometimes do the most stupid things. Because they see the distraction of being happy, and the fork in the road says, over here, please come over here. And we say, you know what, I won't be long, but let me just turn my direction just a little bit over here for a while. It won't hurt me. But again, this is the underlying reason we intentionally choose paths that will not take us to where we ultimately want to go. Regardless of your IQ. Now this morning, I want you to think about it because all of us can play in this role. Have you ever bought something that you thought this is going to be an heirloom but you saw it on the table at a yard sale? I remember one time the value that I put on my stuff compared to the value Gwen put on her stuff cuz we had a yard sale at an older house that we lived in and 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 I went in for a few minutes to get some things to bring out while people were shopping and Gwen was kind of manning the you know the cashier part of it anybody ever had a yard sale before and I went inside, and when I came out, she had a whole basket loaded up for somebody with just almost nothing of value on it, like 50 cents a piece. I'm going, you're selling my stuff for that job? John, we got to get rid of some of this stuff. So I walked over her, her stuff, and she said, slow down, Fireball. Do you hear what I'm saying? Sometimes we have bought something that we think that will make us happy that later is on the yard sale that we're just trying to get rid of it because we have too much stuff. Have you ever put things on the credit card and got in debt that you're paying for stuff for years that you don't even remember what was it that I bought that I'm still paying on? But a new car. You trade a perfectly good car in for a new car And if you're like me, you're not, all you you have to do is just hear the advertisement and the distraction. And it's something like this easy payments. Is there anything really easy about payments? Boy, that makes the deal. If it's easy, sign me up. Or free upgrades, no money down. All of a sudden, then we have an excuse to walk right into it. No payments until March 2025. Oh, 25. Remember when you got to the shopping clerk and she said or he said at the time of the purchase something like this, cash or credit or debit or credit? You know, if it's plastic, it's not real money. Come on. And it's going to make me happy. What if all the cashiers that you went up and slid the credit card or paid for something, if she said, would you like to be happy now or happy later? Why do we choose paths that we've already decided we don't want to go down that path? Most people would look and we go, we don't want to make a payment for, you know, five, ten years on, on clothes that we're not even going to have in that amount of time. But when we're standing at the crossroads between sensible and happy, listen to this, we begin to lie to ourselves and it's so good that you're here today because it's going to bring it to your mind the next time that you're in the same place it has made for the last month. And we're at the fork in the road and, and, and there's a distraction that says, no, 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 that's sensible, stay the course versus this is going to make you happy. That There's something about it that we begin to lie to ourselves and we turn into dishonest people, salespeople. Watch this. We we begin to sell ourselves on what we want rather than what we ought to do. Has anybody ever suffered this besides John Miller? Because it's getting pretty quiet in here. We we begin to listen to ourselves until we begin to believe our lives and opt out for happiness. Please just give me happy today. I'll take care of tomorrow. Then I begin to ask myself, John, do you deserve it? Well, you know I deserve it. It's an investment, John. Huh? Anybody ever use that one? How about this one? I'll pay it off early. How about this? I can sell it if tough times come. Do we ever really sell it? See, I'm a believer in the word being proactive and thinking ahead. And the definition is creating or controlling a situation by causing something to happen rather than responding to it after it has happened. It's being a problem solver. In other words, you can look at the situation instead of getting into a place of debt or in a relationship because it felt so good to tell that person off right now. Oh, no, no, I had to do it. It was an event. No, you're on a path. It's leading you somewhere. having a moment where you just stop because here's a verse that I want you to write down in Jeremiah chapter 17 verse 9 Jeremiah is the mouthpiece of God in a a troubled time and in this time period the enemies of Israel and, and Jerusalem they're surrounded Jerusalem and they're laying siege to it And it's something that the prophet Jeremiah had said, hey guys, you got to wake up. And the king, Joachim, was was not listening. And and Jeremiah was just, again, prophesying, hey, God says, hey, repent, quit this. But he just continued down the same path. The king got so tired of hearing it, he threw Jeremiah in a cistern or a, a pit, a well, to shut him up because he was demoralizing all the people by speaking the wisdom. Sometimes I think on a quest to be happy, some people throw the sensible and the word of God in a pit and say, oh, I'm tired of listening to that. You're you're taking away from my happiness now. The Bible says that Jeremiah comes to this and he says in verse 9, the heart is deceitful above all things and beyond cure. Who can understand it? Listen to it again in verse 9. The heart is deceitful above all things. Above all things? And beyond cure. You mean I can't take a pill? There's not a a treatment? There's not a, a sensible way to go about curing it? Jeremiah says, at this point in history, no. He even comes and says, who can understand it? See, it's amazing that our brain, we thought was there to keep us out of trouble, is really in on the problem. Now watch this. Once we get fixated to the, the, the pleasure, the happiness option, our, our heart, listen, sends a signal to the brain. We've talked about this in years past. Sends a signal to our brain to come up with a reason or an excuse why we can be off the right road and to seek happiness instead of what is wise for our lives. We ask our brain, come on, come up with convincing reasons to support our choices. Again, we listen to our hearts, and then we assign our heads the responsibility of building a case to support our hearts' decisions. Can I I tell you this? If if you ignore where you are going, you're going to wake up one day and have very little options. You'll wish you could come back to today to do something different. You don't want to get to the end and go, well, what am I doing here? See, the, the verses before this passage that Jeremiah says kind of has a mixture of Deuteronomy 28 and kind of has, you know, uh, uh, a passage of Psalms chapter 1. Because in, in Deuteronomy, it says, if you don't do the things of God, the, the reality is you're going to be like a bush in a wasteland. He kind of uses that as an example. There is no prosperity even though the happiness quest is over here trying to distract us to get off the way of God, the way that God has for us and our purpose for life, Jeremiah says that's not a good place to be in. You'll come to a place where you're like a bush by a wasteland, in a wasteland. But he says this... Then he goes into, but if you follow the ways of God and you don't lean on man's flesh or understanding, then you'll be like a, this is kind of like Psalms chapter 1. And I think he quotes it pretty much. He says, you'll be like a tree planted by the waters. And it says this is a characteristic of the tree. He doesn't fear drought in times of drought because he's planted in the right place. And he bears fruit continually. See, see, everybody would say, sign me up for that. I don't want to be some old dried up bush. I want to be a tree like planted by the water. So what I'm talking about today is it's direction, not good intentions, that will lead us to our destination. So in those times when all the distractions, and and I'm not talking about, uh, again, there's, there's a sense that somebody might be picking up in here that the pastor says, don't be happy. I'm not saying that. But I'm saying, if you realize that God has a way for us, that is better than the quick fix of just finding something that fills a void of happiness. This morning, I want us to get to this place. Maybe as I bring this to an end, this sermon, I want us to be honest with ourselves. And I want to ask you this. If you would come up with these three questions, if you would answer these three, three questions honestly, because maybe God is speaking to you right now in your life, and you go, you know what? I'm making some bad decisions, and I know it. You, you might be saying, you know, why did I buy that? Why, why did I move in with him? Why did I quit going to church? Why am I on the road that I'm in? I I don't. Let me give you three questions. that puts us at the fork of Happyville or determining to stay the course to go to Joy City. Number one, why am I doing this? Really, think about it. Why, Why am I choosing this? The second question is this. If someone in my circumstance came to me for advice, what action would I recommend to them? In other words, if somebody came and said, I- I'm dealing with this, and it happened to be the same thing you're dealing with, what would you recommend them do? And the third question is this. Considering my past experiences... And my future hopes and dreams, what is the wise thing to do? What is the wise thing to do? And listen, if after an honest look in the mirror of where you are right now on the path that you've chosen, if you get to the place and you say, you know what? I'm going to advise somebody to do the thing that I wouldn't do, I shouldn't be doing, and I'm going to give them a clear... You know, this. just keep going. And congratulations. You're making the choice with your eyes wide open. And when you end up where you know that you shouldn't and you don't want to go, you won't blame anybody else. You'll just say, I chose this. Now this morning... I've given you a practical way of looking at things, but realize this, that if believers as as we are in Jesus Christ, here's the amazing thing, that we have a helper that goes along with us called the Holy Spirit, and he is inside of us. He is the, the... Paul says, it is, he is the power that is in you that has the power as Jesus did when he was raised from the grave. I mean, talking we've got high octane, octane power working in us. So when you get to those situations where you go, you know you know what, I, I'm, I'm in the wrong place at the wrong time. The Holy Spirit comes alongside of us and doesn't say, quit that, get up. See, a lot of times that's the voice that we know that is not the Holy Spirit. But the, po- the voice of the Holy Spirit says, hey, 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 turn to the left right here. Turn to the right right here. Because the voice of the Holy Spirit guides us in the way to go. And as we listen to the Holy Spirit, we again experience the blessings of God on our life, which then confirms being on the path of God's path on the way to His destination. Let me give you some examples when you do things that God has asked us to do, we can expect, look, and long for the fruit to come in our life. See, this, see, what, what sometimes we get distracted on the quest for happiness is because we think that it's not coming quick enough. Have you ever seen those little videos of delayed gratification on YouTube where they, they put a kid in a room and they, they put a marshmallow, a couple marshmallows in front of him, and they say, hey, there's one marshmallow, if you don't eat it, when we come back, you'll get three marshmallows. And they've got a hidden camera. And he starts licking his lips. and he, start, he starts playing with it a little bit and moving it around. And then he's looking if anybody's coming. And boom, he eats it. You know they've done studies with the majority of people on delayed gratification? They will sacrifice their future for instant. Now, Now watch this. When God says, you, you take all these passages of blessing, and, and I won't go into all of them, but, but if, if God says that, I want you to tithe. Give 10% of everything. That, whoa, 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 woo. I don't know if I can do that, God. God says, test me and see if I won't be faithful. And open up the floodgates of heaven and pour out a blessing so much you won't be able to hold it. Now, now watch this. There has been people that have tithed and they're not even Christians. I've had people of unsaved uh, husbands that that didn't even go to our church send tithes with their wives. And they were company owners of businesses that were being blessed, and they'd say, Pastor, they'd see me at a dinner or something, say, I don't even know. I don't, I don't, but God has blessed my business there's there's a highway law that when you put your when you put yourself on that highway walking in the right direction the blessings of god come and overtake you it is it is something that so many times that i've tried as a pastor to explain and people go you know what i, I just don't get it because if you give 10 percent how do you get blessed above what you just gave a 10 percent it doesn't make sense but if you've been a tither for more than about two minutes, you realize how it's worked in your life. I mean, you might not realize all the but you realize that God has been faithful in your life. This morning, when we get to next week, when we talk about it's more than information, but submission to the way of God that's going to put us in the right direction and lead us to the right destination. Again, this is all going to come together. And then the weeks following and how to put habits in our path to begin to do the right thing consistently over and over and over. I believe that our church, if we get this, we can change the world. I can tell by the looks on your faces, you're going, I don't know. Well, just, just try it. You'll like it. This morning, I want our worship team to come up. I want them to sing Waymaker. And there may be some people here that are going through some things in your life, and I'm going to ask our our prayer team, some of the people that come up, and just want to join you in prayer, if you would. Gwen, if you'll come up. And if if some of these that are standing around, I'm going to ask uh, Luke and Sabelle if you'll come. This morning, as we begin to sing, if you say you know, there's some things in my life that I just want to pray about. I feel like God has got me going in the right, but there's distractions to my left and distractions to my right. Maybe you're here today and you say, you know, Pastor, there's there's relationships that now I realize are on a path that I don't I don't want to go that way. I want to go the way that God has for me to go. That might be saying, you know what, I'm going to have to humble myself and go and ask for forgiveness of my child or my my boss. I'm going to walk in love. I'm not going to walk in just the way that I think. This morning, as we sing this song, would you just please, just just for a few minutes, stand. And if you have a need in your life, I'm going to ask you to come down and agree in prayer with these that are up here. And as we begin to agree in prayer, we want to see things in our life changed for the better. Let's sing.